Hello and welcome to another edition of the well-oiled puzzle that is Tapeheads 80s Music and Beyond. And also the ear of Van Gogh that lived. What was that stupid quote? Van Gogh's ear that grew. Oh, that's what it was. That's you. How's everybody doing today? Everybody on this end is fine. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing excellent. Um, I just wanted to mention that we have a website now for Tapeheads, which is tapeheadspod.com, tapeheadspod.com. If you get on there, you can look at all of our episodes. The links are all on there. Um, I think if you put links to the Spotify playlist, those are on there. And you can email us. What else can they do? Yeah, I think you can uh, leave comments, right? I think anything you want to do, you can do there. I mean, we're still we're still kind of learning, obviously, but yeah. I think yeah, you and you can get your lottery numbers off of there and uh, <laughs> stock quotes. Excellent! It's it's an excellent excellent thing. Anyway, it's pretty cool. We got that up earlier this week, and um, we're pretty happy about that. Yeah, thank you for doing that. So today we are going to talk about Seventeen by Winger. And Beavis and Butthead are going to make fun of us mercilessly for this. It's it's really funny when that song came out. I didn't think anything about the subject of it, except for that I thought, "Oh, these chicks are hot." And uh, well, you would. Kip Winger is is going after her. I didn't think anything about. Did you think anything about the subject matter? Because we were at this time, eighteen, seventeen. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. So if a chick is seventeen, we're fine with that. <laughs> Little did well, we yeah. Think. I guess I thought about it. Yeah, I did think about it because uh, yeah. Kip Winger was not our age, so it was it was always no, a troublesome line. I'm not line. quite sure how old he is, but I should have looked that up. 1961, so he was ten years older than ten me. years older than we are. Okay, so I, at the time that this song came out, which was 89, I would have been probably 18 years old. Yes, he would have been 28, and he's singing about a 17 singing about year old a 17 girl. year old chick. Yeah, great. And it's funny. Uh, first off, let me let me mention this. I love this song. Do you? I think the riff. Oh, I think the riff is excellent. I think the the guitar solo is excellent, and I think the song just rocks all the way around. Yeah, I like the riff a lot. It reminds me of uh, Van Halen a little bit, early Van Halen. What's, yeah. What's uh, the little guitars? I did not. I did not have the CD. I think my cousin Tim had the CD, but I did not have the CD, and I borrowed it from him, and I don't I don't think I ever bought the CD. I thought you were saying, I don't think I ever gave it back to him. <laughs> uh, no, I never did. I have to be honest. I did not love Winger. Um, I like a handful of their songs here and there, but for the most part, I didn't like them enough to want to buy them. My taste had started to change by then. So, in fact, in another burst of honesty, I didn't have them on my radar screen at all for this show. Like, I wasn't sure they would be podcast-worthy. Um, but you have said that you found some new information lately, and they just put out a new album. It's like, all right, well, maybe I'm excited. Yeah, they did just do a new album. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you found out, because they were not on my radar at all. 
I remember when when this came out and they were playing on MTV, we used to make fun of them because Kip Winger, who is a classically trained musician, he's a keyboardist, bassist, uh, lyricist, singer. Composer. He's great at all those things. Yeah. Um, except maybe lyrics. I don't know about you know, that. <laughs> but... Um, when the videos and stuff, and when they played live on MTV, he would always grab his bass with his right hand by the by the uh, strings and hold it up. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And uh, what's the guitarist's name? Reb Beach. Reb Beach. He did that at the end of the guitar solo, too. He pulled it up and held the guitar up by his tremolo bar in a vertical oh, kind of way. Remember that? Really? Yeah. I don't remember that, but I do remember Kip holding the bass up, and I just thought, and and, and in the middle of when he's supposed to be playing, a la Nikki Six <laughs> kind of thing, but uh, he would hold that up, and you know, I just I didn't ever really think that, that Winger was that good, but I loved the song, um, and I love the the subsequent songs that they released after that, headed for a heartbreak. Uh, Yeah, I love Headed for a Heartbreak. Uh, 17, I like the riff on. I like, what's their other one? They had another one from this record. Um, Madeline. Madeline? Madeline? Yeah, Madeline. Madeline. Yeah, I like those okay. But Headed for the Heartbreak is really my favorite one. So so this song, the lyric-wise, he's talking about a 17-year-old girl and... You know, and when we were thinking about doing this, and I was thinking about this song, you know, I was thinking, wow, there's some other songs about people singing about uh, underage girls. Yes. And there's there's a Ringo Starr song, which you told me is somebody <laughs> else that I don't know. Yeah. But Ringo Starr, I remember as a kid, him having a popular song called, You're 16, You're Beautiful, and You're, you're Mine. mine. And here is Ringo Starr. I don't know how old old he was in the in the early seventies. He, he was the been, oldest Beatle. Yeah, thirty early thirties. <laughs> <laughs> and he's singing about a sixteen year old girl that is that is his, and she's beautiful. To be fair to him, he didn't write that song. It's like a fifties classic song. That was written by the Sherman Brothers, Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Jungle Book. There's Disney for you. Oh gosh. So Kip Winger said that he took the inspiration from the Beatles song. I saw her standing there. One, two, three, four. Because in that song they say, Well, she was just 17. Well, she was just 17. And you know what I mean. And the way she looked was way beyond the man. Do you know the original lyrics of that? Of 17? Of uh, the Beatles one. 
Sorry, standing there. Uh, no. She was, well, she was just 17, never been a beauty queen. <laughs> totally. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Absolutely less sexy. So Kip says that he was not aware that it was illegal for an adult to have relations with a 17-year-old girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hands up, all those who believe that. Well, okay, so he says laws, here's what I was reading here. Laws vary from state to state, determining how young is too young. And in this song, it sounds like Kip Winger might have something unlawful in mind when he sings, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. In a 2014 interview with Winger, he explained that this wasn't the case. Look, 17 was legal in Colorado, so I didn't even get the joke, dude, he said. I didn't get it, and then it hit, and every 17-year-old girl in the United States thought that the song was about her. And they show up at gigs and shows and stuff, and then he's surrounded by 17-year-old chicks all of a sudden? 28-year-old guy? Yeah, probably, yeah. Wow. What was that about the uh, laws vary from state to state? Yeah, each state has a different law about when the age of consent is yes i know but when how did that come up in did you just look that up now or was that something that kip winger is talking about in an interview it was a it was a article or it was an interview that kip winger was in and, okay and i guess he's from colorado yes and in the state of colorado 17 was legal at the time that they wrote this song i don't know if it's still the case now i think it might have changed but for a long time delaware the age of consent was 12 heard about that on that's, heard about that on love line that's terrible. That is terrible. I mean, God, I think it might have changed. Hope, hopefully it has. Oh, my God. So another thing that Kip says, he says, the thing I like about 17 is that time and time again, I've seen cover bands try to play it, and there is no one I've ever seen be able to play that riff correctly. The song is very deceiving because it's cocky on the melody, and it's bu- musically a difficult song for average bands to play because it's all this intricate picking and a lot of riffs and syncopations and singing and playing the song has always been a challenge. Yeah, great riff, no question. Red Beach wrote the main riff when he was about 15, but was unsure how to use it until he got together with Kip and they kind of came up with that. Uh, Red Beach, who is an incredible guitarist, he yes. uh, played for Dokken for a while. Hmm. He's currently touring with Whitesnake and Winger kind of at the same time he's in both of their bands. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have to be honest, like today was the first time I've ever listened to the whole Winger album. Straight through. Which album was it? The first one. Oh, okay. This album that we're talking about. Well, what'd you think? Eh, it's all right. It kind of <laughs> didn't change my mind at all. I liked about three songs and the rest of them were not so great. Especially their version of uh, Jimi Hendrix. God, that was terrible. Yeah, I thought that wasn't, they shouldn't have even have done that. So let's, let's, let's read through these lyrics. Okay. Yeah, I saw sparks fly from the corner of my eye. When I turned, ooh, it was love at first sight. I said, please excuse me, I didn't catch your name. Oh, I'd be ashamed not to see you again. And just when I thought she was coming to my door, she whispered sweet and brought me to the floor. She said, I'm only 17. I'll show you love like you've never seen. She's only 17. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. I mean, the guy, he he had to know that it was. But I don't remember this being a big deal back then. Yeah, well, I'm, the, I do. I remember it. 
I remember but, being problematic. A big deal about people talking about it. You you remember that? Yeah, just because yeah, just because we weren't didn't mean that other people weren't. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Come to my place. We can talk it over. Oh, everything going down in your head. She said, "Take it easy. I need some time. Time to work it out to make you mine. Time to turn eighteen. And just when I thought she was coming to my door, she whispered sweet and brought me to the floor. She said, I'm only 17. You ain't seen love, ain't seen nothing like me. She's only 17. 17, yeah. Have you ever heard women talk like that? Or girls, they walk up to you and say that stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, I do too. I, I was just kidding. Of course, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Yes, such a bad girl. Loves to work me overtime. Feels good dancing close to the borderline. She's a magic mountain. She's a leather glove. Oh, she's my soul. It must be love. She's a magic mountain. She's a leather glove. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the magic mountain. Leather glove means sure. Fits like a glove. Whatever. Fine. Smell the glove. Yeah. Fits like a glove is a kiss song. Pretty bad one. So... Uh, in the 80s, Winger got made fun of a lot on, we talked about this earlier, on Beavis and Butthead. Yes. What was the guy's name? Sterling Stewart. or Spencer? Stewart. Stewart. So Beavis and Butthead had on, uh, Beavis and Butthead had on Metallica and ACDC shirts, yes, right? Yes, yes. And then Stewart, is that what you said, Stewart? Yeah. Stewart always had a Winger shirt on. And so they were made fun of. Your haircut sucks, dumbass. I hardly ever take the bus to school. You hardly ever go to school, dill hole. Who's, who's the guy who made Beavis and Butthead? Mike Judge. Mike Judge. He said that he had heard something about that Winger told MTV not to make fun of them or something, and so that is why he did that. And then years later, he had talked to Kip Winger, and Kip said, no, I had never said anything like that. And So Mike Judge feels bad about what happened with all that hmm well that's that's kind of nice there, speaking of Beavis Butthead real quick there was one episode I don't remember if Beavis got hit on the head or something but there was some there was an accident and he lost consciousness and when he came to his personality was completely changed and he started wearing a winger t-shirt at the same time <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> But check it out. I'm going as a wuss. Uh, <laughs> She's only uh, 17. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> then there was another video in Metallica video where Lars Ulrich throwing darts at a picture of Kip Winger or the band Winger. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think but... it was Kip. And it was in the Nothing Else Matters video. I mean, okay. come on, that's just rude. <laughs> Come on, Lars. There's no reason for that. Yeah, and the thing is, is uh, Kip is he's. I mean, he's a musician, and say what you want to say about that. Maybe they were cheesy or whatever, but he's just a just as good or a better musician than any of the guys in Metallica. I think that's a good assumption. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you can't. Like it's all coming from a point of jealousy, anyway. It's like, okay, sorry, they're better musicians than you, Lars. Sorry, he's better looking. Ah. I don't know if that's true. I think that they just were well insecurity. Was, that's what that's what doing stuff like that is based in, you know. And they eventually did apologize to Kip. Did they years later and said, yeah, and 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 said, you know, we were just kids, and 
you know, we didn't really know what we we're doing. You know, sorry about that. Nobody should do any of that kind of stuff to fellow musicians. I'd like to see a video of that. I don't remember that being in some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary. I don't know if it was in that documentary, but hmm. but no, I mean Reb Beach and and Kip were they they tour with Doc and Alice Cooper. Um, and you know the keyboardist was in Alice Cooper as well. Oh wow! Band. Cool. Before they before they were in Winger, I don't think Reb and Reb Beach was a studio musician. Yes. Before that, so you know it's just kind of funny, and you know say what you want about that that maybe they're cheesy or whatever, but yeah, I mean they're 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 good musicians. You know, I heard a thing that when they got offered to join the Scorpions on tour for their first tour. Winger's first tour, not the Scorpions. Scorpions uh-huh. been doing it forever, but they invited Winger to come out, and Winger had never played live before. I mean, most bands come up playing clubs and whatever, but these guys had all played separately with huge bands, so they just thought they'd be able to jump right in, oh. and they were not. <laughs> Their first, so they just got together and recorded an album, right? And then the Scorpions were like, "Hey, come out on tour with us." Okay, you know they haven't put in years in clubs and playing together, so they didn't really know how to play together yet. So the first night was pretty horrible, and the Scorpions almost fired him. <laughs> like, man, you guys are just—we <laughs> thought you guys would be better than this. And so, and and even like working the crowd and everything, Kip would—he's a pretty mellow guy, apparently. So he'd be like, "Hey, how's everybody doing tonight?" The crowd's just kind of <laughs> like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> so the second night, he took every cue from Klaus Meine. He's like, "How are you guys doing tonight? You see those microphones up in the air? Do you see them?" Do you know why we like to play in Iowa? So, yeah, he just mimicked. He, he un, Until he learned how to do it for himself, he just mimicked Klaus the entire time and ended up, you know, fake it until he made it. That's funny. <laughs> Here's something Kip Winger said, talking about the band's musical ability. He said, our band was known to musicians, and a lot of musicians showed up to see me play watching, trying to figure out how I'm playing, and we were like the hairband version of Dream Theater. <laughs> That's funny. I read a book recently called Nothing But a Good Time, and it's about all this stuff. It's difficult to read. It's almost like you're watching a, you're reading a transcript of a documentary, and I'd rather watch the documentary, honestly. It's just like little short quotes and clips and stuff like that. And like so, so each chapter will be like a, you know, quote, 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 quote. It's all about the same thing. And so that's the chapter. And there's a chapter about Winger, and that's where I heard that story about the uh, never having played before. But they also, when when Rod Morgenstein, the drummer, joined the band, he had been a jazz guy before that. Really? And jazz, jazz guys almost invariably overplay, play too busy, play too many fills, and play too weird. And so when he joined the rock band... He decided to play really... And not to mention how they hold their, their sticks. Right, right. So Rod, when he joined the band, he was trying to play really simple in what he thought was a more appropriate band. He was playing too simple, and he would just play like boom, chunk, boom, chunk. And the other guys in Winger had a name for that kind of playing that I've never heard anybody else ever use. They called it f- drumming. You can bleep that out. <laughs> but they call it f- shit drumming. Just like... And... So when Rob starts playing, uh, Kip is like, man, you're Rod Morgenstein. Like, you don't have to play this shit drumming. If we wanted shit drumming, we would have hired another guy. We want you to be you. <laughs> but I've never heard anybody else call it shit drumming. I think that's hilarious. 
You can beep those out. Mm. You can leave them in, but you beep them out. And to our Patreon customers, you can hear the non bleeped <laughs> version. Actually, we don't have Patreon, but <laughs> you get the unedited version. Do you know who the producer was on this? I do not. Bo Hill. You know who he worked with? <laughs> Who's that? That is the producer for Rat and Dweezil Zappa and oh, Warrant. Okay, okay. So you are okay. familiar with him. You just didn't realize you were. Yes, yes. And he's actually the one who came up with the line, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. So Are you kidding so me? So Kip didn't write that. It was actually Bo Hill. <laughs> I learned that in that book, too. That's the funniest line in the whole song. I know. So I guess Bo is uh, infamous, apparently, for that. Huh. Since Winger were one of the last of these hair metal bands. Yeah, and they came out and they came this album came out in eighty nine, which is just a year or two before Nirvana came out. And if you don't know about that, you can go back and listen to our Great White Lion Snake podcast yes. and get the whole story. Yes. Um yeah, so they were one of the last bands, and by the time they were on tour for their second record, which came out in I think nineteen ninety. They were on tour in the Midwest someplace, and they happened to be in the same town. I mean, they had their night off in the same town as David Lee Roth, Extreme, and Cinderella were playing in this this town. And so he went to go see him, and he's like, all right, cool. He was just hanging out with them. And he said that it was a big arena, but it was only like half full. And this was like 1990, so tastes were already changing too. And he just said, man, if this was like, I mean, where's all the people? If this was like 1987... This place would be packed. I mean, these are all huge bands. So Cinderella was playing as well as David Lee Roth, or they were playing a one They were all on the show. same bill. David Lee Roth headlining oh, and Extreme and Cinderella opening up. I mean, what a lineup. <laughs> and then it was only half full <laughs> or half empty, wow. depending on how you look at life. <laughs> So I had to pick a song for Cover Your Ears, and I really had a hard time because there's not a lot of covers for this. Yeah, I bet, you would, I bet you would have a hard it's time. It's mostly people trying to play the song on guitar and trying to show off. That was what <laughs> 95% of every video was. But I did find a couple that were funny. Well, actually, one was funny. The other one is, is kind of good. Actually, it is pretty good. Is it dudes playing guitar in their bedroom? Those are my favorite things ever. No, it's not. For this first one, and this is crazy, you would think, okay, so there are, what did you go see? The, Mot- the Motley Crue? Tribute band? Um, tribute band. Yeah, You've yeah. seen them a couple times? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Crue. They're great. And there's Def Leppard tribute bands. There's Beatles tribute bands. Yeah, I saw the Def Leppard one too. Did you know there's a Winger tribute band? <laughs> And not only is there a winger tribute band, it's a Japanese winger tribute band. I was going to ask if you knew where they were from. That is great. So, take a listen to this. Okay. So, how many views do you think that song got? Oh, well, Japanese love their metal, so I'm going to guess high. I'm going to go tens of thousands. 
Oh, you're you're wrong. Twenty views. Twenty. <laughs> well, then you're welcome, band. And and, and, here, and here's the name of this Japanese winger tribute band, Hungry Seventeens. <laughs> oh, wow. Could you understand a word he said? I couldn't. I couldn't make sense of it at uh, all. No, just. I mean, it's just kind of funny. But so this this second one I want to do here. This. Uh, they're going to see the views jump up to 21. They're going to be like, oh, guys. Oh, yeah. It's like when we get somebody new crazy. listening to our episode. So this, this, is from a, this is from a 14-year-old guitarist who is playing with his dad's band. Oh, cool. And uh, so this is Vincent Bernardo. Actually, it's Vincent Bernardo's son. I don't know what his son's name is. <laughs> um. But this has 4,000 views, and it's from seven years ago, so he's 21 years old now. Okay. Um, anyway, take a listen to this, and then I'll skip head to the to the guitar solo, too. Oh, cool. And right. the way he plays it is really cool. He stands up on the monitor on stage, and <laughs> he just plays it up. He's really good, though. guy sings better than i was expecting actually oh well yeah i mean I, they're probably a pretty good band yeah it seems like it they play in like ohio okay i'll skip ahead to the guitar okay. solo Pretty good band. They seem like they would be uh, good to see live because that, that guy is a good singer. Anyway, 14 years old, pretty good. These guys are called These Guys Live at Papa Booze in Buckeye Lake, Ohio. Oh wow, it's funny. Booze is like the uh, reggae band I played the Pet Shop Boys version. Oh, like Perilous Boo Boo's uh, Boo Boo's All Stars. What movie are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the 1984 hit Gremlins. Gremlins, yes, I just got done watching it. Oh, good. I watched it a couple nights ago. I had seen it in the theater. I didn't remember it hardly at all. Uh, I oh, saw really? it in the theater at the time, and I hadn't seen it since. Yeah, I've seen it a few times, and I rented it. I can't remember if I saw it at the theater or not, but I did rent it, and you know, I've rented it over the years a few times, mm -hmm. and then watched I think I showed my kids it. Yeah, I, I remembered it being more gruesome somehow. Well, it was pretty gruesome for being PG. I guess that's true. And it uh, was one of the last movies that was rated PG that had more of the more of the adult content in it. And two months later was the first PG thirteen movie. And Steven Spielberg, who was executive producer of this, was one of the people that got the 
um, was it MPAA or whatever mm-hmm. they're called? Yeah, yeah. To to do a PG thirteen and the very first PG thirteen movie, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Oh, you knew it, Wolverines. So anyway, so this is one of the last movies. <laughs> this we so should do know, that movie. What were some of the other movies that released at the same time as this? Uh, Ghostbusters. Came, yeah, same day. Temp- Temple of Doom, and I think there was another one that was a, kind of a big movie. There was a bunch of big movies. Oh, it's nineteen eighty four. That was the year for everything. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so. So this is about gremlins, and this has Judge Reinhold in it, who was in the movie we talked about last time, and Howie Mandel plays Gizmo. Yeah, he was the voice. Yeah, that's great. And it also has, um, what's her name in it? Phoebe Cates. Who Phoebe Cates and Judge Reinhold were both in. Fast Times Original High. That's right. And then that uh, Jack Galifianakis, and that's not his name, I can't think of the guy's name. I did that too. I was like, oh, no, it's not him. Yeah. So, um... So this is about a guy who goes to Chinatown and goes into this store, this old man, and he kind yeah, of... antique shop. Anyway, he finagles into getting this, this pet uh, called Gizmo, and he takes it home. Tra-la-la-la-la. Oh, thanks, Dad. You're going to like this. What is it, a birdcage? No, 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 don't shake it. We're going to have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. It's a puppy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. I can tell. It's a new car. <laughs> Go ahead, open it. <laughs> oh. What is it? No. It's your new pet. And the little boy tells him, there's three rules you need to remember. And what are the rules? Don't get them wet. Yep. Don't feed them after midnight. All right, you're you're way off here. Number one, keep them out of sunlight. Number two, don't get them wet. And number three, don't ever feed him after midnight. I was not way off. I hadn't even got to the third you one. You were uh, you were that was the, that was the wrong order. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so so he uh, if you if they go in sunlight, you find out later they get killed. And Gizmo's afraid of, like, when he takes a picture of him in the flash, you know. And then he accidentally gets him wet, and he turns into, like, five Gizmos, one of them being... Stripe. Stripe. And then he accidentally feeds him after midnight when they kind of trick him into feeding him some chicken after they unplug his clock radio, and he thinks it's okay to feed him. They turn into cocoons. I love how when they're setting the rules, like, oh, there's three things that are really important that you can't do. Within the first night, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Does all three of them. <laughs> like, saw that coming. Okay. And this this is a Christmas movie, which was filmed in Universal Studios, the exact same place that they filmed Back to the Future, which we talked about. Right. And the movie theater yes. in there is the same. They, they show the movie theater. Yes, the movie the theater. Movie. Yes, exact movie theater same movie the same. theater. Of course, they had fake snow over the whole place because there's no snow in Southern California. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a Christmas movie, but they released it in July. They did, yeah. Why did they not put it out at Christmas? It just seems like a no Uh, job. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so these these after they feeds them after midnight, they turn into gremlins who are really bad little monsters. And like the mom, remember when the mom killed the ones in the in the kitchen? Yeah, (laughs) stabbing them and then putting them in the microwave. Killed one of them. Killed one of them in the in the blender. Another one in um. Uh, stabbed one, right? Yeah. And then the third one was in a microwave, microwave which was, was the best excellent. 
and it just explodes in the microwave. You know who else was in this movie? Hmm. Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. Is that the he guy is from one of the, Breaking Bad? He, yes, he's one of the cops in this movie. Oh, no way. He's the cop that's drunk on, on the Christmas night or whatever where they're driving around. Oh, I saw his name in the credits. And I was like, I can't be the same guy. He plays Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. And also Frank McPike in mm-hmm. the show that I used to love, Wise Guy. Oh, he was on that too. Wow. I saw his name he in the was. credits and I wondered if it was the same guy. And I was like, oh, this was like a thousand years ago. So, so who did the music for this? Jerry Goldsmith, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. And the theme song is excellent. I don't quite remember the rest of the music. Yeah, I don't either, really. I remember the theme song being so awesome. I actually recorded it from VHS onto a tape <laughs> machine so I could play it, play it while I used to play um, some video game on Commodore 64 called... Anyway, I did that when I was a kid because I loved the song so much. Funny you should mention video games. Finally, we get to talk about video games. Yay. Um, I guess the uh, Atari 2600 game of this was freaking horrible. And not, I don't know if it was. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know if it was as bad as, you know, Bury It in the Desert in New Mexico bad. But yeah, it was really terrible. And the 5200 wasn't much better. But the Nintendo version apparently is excellent. Never played it. As we know, I didn't I have any I never played stuff. any of them. Yeah, I never had Yeah, I never those, played but, any of them. Yeah. I saw a little video clips of them, and the yeah, the Nintendo one looks great. Other people that are in this movie, so Mrs. Deagle, do you remember her? Yes. Do you remember what she's from? Um, she looked familiar, and I couldn't quite place her. It- Kiss my grit. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Alice. So she was Flo. She was Flo on Alice. Oh man. And then also. But was uh, she on Bewitched or something? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. She might have been. Mm. And then Mrs. Harris at the beginning, who's talking to Mrs. Deagle, she is the woman from Amazon Women on the Moon in the wake roast scene. She's the mom Mrs. or the wife. Wow, you're going down deep on that one. Okay, so do you remember the the <laughs> scene in Amazon Women on the Moon where the guy dies and they do the the roast yes. for oh, him? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she gets up and does a roast uh-huh. about her husband, her yeah, dead husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was her. That was that the... was her. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Uh, oh, Corey Feldman is in it. He yeah, plays gosh. the neighbor boy. Yeah, he looked young. I remember like Goonies came out about the same time as this, and he looks way younger in this. Yeah, he's one of the. He's the kid that actually spilled the water on Gizmo in the first place. There you go. Started this whole freaking thing. <laughs> they ought to take him and string him up. They strung up the dog. They should have made him do the truffle shuffle. Oh, jeez. One, two, three, four, five new Now can I have one? Oh, I don't know, Pete. Hey, look, at that one's got a cute little stripe on its head. So, Gremlins, I think, is a great movie. What did you think about it, not seeing it since 84? Yeah, or I, I thought it was... It wasn't... Yeah, I was expecting a little... Okay, now, hold on here. I always ask you about these movies, and you always... 
take these movies and you're like watching them in 2023, but you got to remember that this is 40 years old. Yeah, I know. I, okay. I try. I factor that in. Like, okay, okay, factor it in. What did you think? And, and I try to watch. I try to watch it like as I watched it back then, and also as you know my current self too. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it as well. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, or the, quite the way I remembered it, but it was fun, and it was kind of like harmless good fun. And the music yeah, was great. I think it is harmless. There was there was like a stuff that I. It seemed like I may have missed something. Like the director seemed like he put a lot of things that I almost recognized, but didn't quite like so like the background, like there was a spaceship in the background that looked like it was a nod to some older movie. You know what I'm talking about? Like an old sci-fi movie. Are you talking about when his, the father is at the, he's talk, at the convention? Yeah. 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 When he's at the convention, yeah, it might have been. a lot of stuff going on in the background there. Uh, wasn't the robot, like the robot from danger. Will Robinson. See, that's what I'm talking about. I never watched any of those shows, so I don't really know, but I'm like, that seems like an Easter egg and I'm not getting it. It seems like an inside joke and I'm not getting there. Apparently there were like cameos and stuff. Yeah, it might have been. Well, there was cameo. Uh, Steven Spielberg was one of the guys at that convention <laughs> oh, in the gosh. background, and also I can't remember who else was was that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Joe Dante was the one that directed this. Oh, that's right, that's right. And Steven Spielberg had him direct it because he was kind of he had directed uh, American Werewolf in London, which is a good show too. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't think I ever have actually. Oh, maybe we should do that show. Sure, that's, that's a pretty sure. Pretty good little movie. Anyway, that's why Steven Spielberg had him direct it because he knew that he had had done a horror type movie before. That's why he did it rather than himself. Well, and plus Steven Spielberg was working on uh, Raiders too, right? On which one? Raiders: The Lost. Yeah, Art? I think. Well, Temple of Doom came out the exact same time as this. So oh, I thought it was. That's Raiders. probably okay. what he was working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He's a little busy. And I'm sure. It, yeah, it probably took longer to do that than to do this movie. Yeah, gosh, 1981, two, three, four. Stephen was a little busy. <laughs> yeah, and he did E.T. in 82, right? Yeah, Close Encounters, E.T., Poltergeist. Holy cow. He kind of worked on Poltergeist not to mention that he, Not to mention that he directed a Columbo episode. Did he really? Yes. Oh, didn't he do... Uh, Murder by the Book. What's the... Uh, what was the TV show? It was like Twilight. It was like kind of like Twilight Zone, but not... And it was Steven Spielberg. Uh, you're, you're not talking about Duel, are you? No, no, no. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. Uh, Amazing Stories. Oh. Amazing Stories. Oh, Amazing Stories. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that a, was about 85. Around the same time, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, you, nowadays, you do a movie. Somebody works on a movie for three years. Yeah. Here, he was, do, he was doing five movies in four years. It's crazy. Chris Columbus wrote this. This was his first, first movie script. Oh, is it really? Yeah. He directed... Young Sherlock Holmes, that would be a super fun really? one to do. Yeah, he directed that. I never, I've never seen that. Oh, it's it's surprisingly good. It's really well, wait weird. a minute. It was a, it's a bunch of shows. Was it? it was a bunch of TV shows? No, no, that was just that was a movie. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Young Indiana Jones, or right. Indiana Jones Chronicles, right, right, right. or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. Young, no, Sherlock, young Sherlock Holmes. Holmes is, I don't know if I've seen it. Yeah, it's very clever. I watched it. I think during COVID at some point, but I saw it back in the day too. So I've seen. Do you have a mask on? No, I watched it at home alone. Okay. I didn't have to have a mask. Um, let's see. He also directed the first Harry Potter movie and they actually look very similar. The same kind of shots and the same kind of, oh, like, uh, set design and everything. Very similar. When I watched, Hmm. I'd seen Harry Potter way more recently than, than, uh, young Sherlock Holmes, obviously. 
But when I saw Young Sherlock Holmes, I was like, man, this looks exactly like a Harry Potter movie. That's <laughs> great. That's funny. You probably haven't seen that, so you wouldn't recognize Grem- it. I haven't seen it. So Gremlins <laughs> is... Oh, no, I take that back. I have seen the first Harry Potter movie. Oh, all right. And I'm going to watch the other ones. I've got them all, and I'm, I'm going to want to watch them with my wife and my son that still lives at home. And we just haven't got a chance yeah. to do that. They get better as they go. This is the first one was okay. Yeah, first one's okay. Second one's but okay. But I, I haven't read the book. Yeah. I haven't read the book. First one's okay. Second one's okay. Third one's really good. That's when they start to pick up. Same with the books. Okay. Because the first two are just kind of like set in the world and, you know, introducing everybody. And then the third one is where the hijinks start to ensue. Hmm. Okay. So Gremlins, I love that movie. And uh, watch that thing with your kids. It's pretty fun. I, you know, hopefully there's no CGI in the movie. It's all puppets and stuff. Yeah, that's but... true. They look really good. They look really good because of that. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I'd recommend it too. Well, thanks for joining us today. Talked about... Winger 17 as well as Gremlins. Yeah, I think the Winger thing is actually more interesting than I was expecting. Like I said, I wasn't uh, I wasn't quite on board with the Winger thing, but oh, it's interesting. Got to hear that uh, Metallica apologized for throwing darts at Kip in their video. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. There is a video on YouTube, and I'll, we'll put the put it on here that shows uh, Kip Winger and Reb Beach sitting at Kip Winger's house as he's recording. He's doing the doing all the DAW stuff and Red Beach is sitting there and he's re- sh- they show him recording pretty much the whole album four on that. And it's absolutely incredible to huh. see that, but we'll, we'll put that the link for that on there. Nice. Don't forget to check out all of our other episodes. If you haven't seen or listened to them, you can go to tapeheadspod.com. Everything's there. That is our new website. Yep. Um, you can check out all of our podcasts. They're on there. You can see the album art. You can see all of the links for all the things we talk about. They're right there. You can click right through on them and makes uh, listening to our podcast a lot more enjoyable if you can kind of see some of the things that we're talking about. One, one of these days we're going to do, uh, we have a request in to do Erasure which neither of us know anything about, but we're going to learn about them. We're going to talk about them, and you may learn something about Erasure. That's it for us. You guys have a good time. We'll see you later, Todd. All right. See ya. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you next time.